Welcome to the second season of the Make the Future podcast. I'm your host, Jacques Beauvais, Dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Ottawa. Join us as we have conversations with different thought leaders about current issues facing the engineering industry. Let's explore the future of technology and innovation and how, through creativity and collaboration, we can make the future. They say the future is coming, but that's not true. The future is already here. And it's relentless. It's not going to wait for you to catch up. How will we live in this future? How will we make sense of it? To define our course, we need a new perspective. One that engages our curiosity, that activates our imagination, one that defies the conventional. To own the future, we need to do more than just see it. We need to make it. So welcome to today's podcast where we want to continue to delve into all the topic of equity, diversity and inclusivity in the technology sector. And I'm really lucky today to be joined once again by Tusha Agampodi, who's engineering manager at Magnet Forensics. Welcome back, Tusha. Thank you. So today we're going to have a conversation with two special guests who are Oliver Fisher, who's vice president engineering at FreshBooks, and Susan Richards, who's the managing partner and co-founder of NumberCrunch. Today's conversation is going to be about networking and mentoring and cover some other topics. And these guests are people that you know, Tusha. That's right. I've been really looking forward to this episode. Um, Susan was a panelist on the Better Together event. Um, and uh, I always love hearing what she has to say on this topic and her journey. And Oliver has been a mentor of mine, so I've had many conversations with him about gender equality, and he has been motivating me, you know, to take actions and to make progress on this. All right, so let's jump into our conversation with Oliver and Susan. One of the concerns that I have when I talk to certain people in the engineering community is they often think that we talk about EDI because somebody told us that we had to do EDI. So I'm very interested to hear from you why is it really important? Why this is a concern and why we want it at the leadership level, why we want it in the people in our organizations. So, so maybe Susan, you could start. Well, I think we do have to make some change here. Um, the world is moving rapidly. Technology is uh, changing the way we uh, relate with our families, communicate with our friends, uh, drive business, uh, business models, economic development, lots of things. And today, if you look at things, we're really only working with half the population and arguably even less than half the population. So we have men leading the majority of the innovation from the technology standpoint, from the business standpoint, from the boardroom standpoint. And that means we have a big gap in, uh, we just, you know, men and women are running this world together mm -hmm. and we need to continue to work together on the future of uh, the world in Canada and Ottawa. So I just see that we're just, we have half the team at the table and we just need to, to make room and, and get the, the other half there. Yeah, I mean, like when I think of, uh, we call it DIBS, diversity, inclusivity and uh, belonging, mm -hmm. uh, but different acronym for yep. the same mm -hmm. concepts, right? Yeah. Um, 
when I talk about that and why we should be doing it, I, I sort of, first of all, I go with the like, look, this is just the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Like as a human being, why would we exclude someone else for some random thing like skin color or gender or whatever? Um, but then when we look at actually the benefits that it's going to bring us, I've heard people talk about, you know, oh, there's, you know, diversity and way of thinking, diversity and, per- diversity and personality types and all these other sorts of things. And, and when I come down to it, I say, look, the thing I know and or at least have learned over the years is uh, women have a very different, different life experience than men do. Yes. Um, just naturally. Yeah. Uh, people of color have a very different life experience than uh, white people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say that about all sorts of different axes. Uh, and if you don't have a representative sample from those groups within your company, you're missing out on a tremendous, tremendously valuable point of view that's good for your customers uh, and good for your company and, and good yeah. for your business. And I think all the discussions we've been having on AI and bias in AI recently mm-hmm. has put the spotlight on it. But the reality is, and it came out in the news recently, I found it extremely interesting. When you put a bunch, when you put a bunch of engineers, males in a room, they designed a crash test dummy right. as a male body. Yes. yes. And it has really serious safety consequences, not even implications, consequences on half the population of the world when we design a car to be safe for only people who are like 5'10 and with the build of a guy. And it's insane that nobody thought that we need a different different type. And it, and it To this day, my understanding is uh, medical pharmaceutical uh, drug tests are predominantly done on men. Correct. Yeah, Correct. the National Science Foundation had started to impose that research mm-hmm. has to include the rest of the world. So that's and, right. And social media—that's a, a huge thing for me. Is you know, women and we all use it, mm-hmm. but all of it's designed and all of the decisions. A lot of them are you know driven and made by the men who are leading these companies. And I'm not saying it would be better. If, if we had more uh, female perspectives on it, but I know it would be different. And I would like to know how, you know, because social media has such a huge impact yeah. on all of us and elections and everything else. So I, I think we definitely need to get other perspectives in there when we're designing these. Absolutely. What about leadership? We're, I mean, we're improving a little, a little bit on the workforce, I think. I'm trying to be optimistic that we're improving a little bit in hiring people and stuff. We can get back to that after. What about leadership? Are we? Are you optimistic? Are you seeing a good trend? I, yeah, I'm very optimistic about everything. I really think that everything is improving and that the momentum has started. The conversations are happening. The discussions about the crash, crash test dummies are now being had, even though that pro, uh, practice has been going on for a really long time. Um, I think that women, um, women are as complex as men are. Uh, We are all the things that men are. We are no better, no worse. We can do all of the things uh, to no exception that I've discovered um, any, you know, less capable than men. It just looks different. And if people are open to it, it, um, the leadership is going to change in ways that we probably didn't predict. And the, the innovations will be in ways that we never predicted. So when I think back to like Henry Ford, when he said, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. I don't even, my imagination, which is active, can't even imagine what the world's going to look like when we have diversity at the leadership table, but it's going to be magnificent. Here, here. Yeah. Fully convinced. Yeah. 
Can I jump in here? I was going to, first I wanted to say how exciting this is for me because I, I have conversations with both of you, you know, and I look up to both of you and you've both given me advice. So when I heard that you two were being put together to have this discussion, I was really excited. And, and we were joking that it's kind of like a blind date. And then um, speaking of leadership, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, when we first met, you know, when you were at Shopify and I was interviewing for Shopify, even though I knew um, I was going to go a different way, I was sad because I, I wanted to learn from you. So I asked Oliver, would it be okay if we keep in touch? You know, because I, I would love to continue to learn from you, even though I'm not going to work for you. And that was hard for me to ask because I think it would have been easier for me to ask if you had been a woman. Because, it's, I mean, he's a stranger and I have to ask him, if, you know. So given that most of the leadership team in tech anyway are still men, my question to both of you really um, is um, what could young women do if they want to go grow and learn from the leaders who are mostly men? Um, how can they find mentors and you know advocates for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think your example is good in terms of just ask. It took like, a lot of guts, though. Oh, I can understand that. Uh, like, I have to ask, did yeah. you keep talking to her? <laughs> so, so, so I did. <laughs> it was quite funny because Tusha said, phoned us that morning and said, I've taken another job somewhere else. And uh, I was very impressed with her resume. And so I said, uh, I responded with a trap. I said, just come in. It'll be good for networking. It was a trap. Right? <laughs> so she came in, and I, I'd never met her before. But I, I talked to her for about 15, 20 minutes. And I determined, oh, yeah, she's actually pretty competent and everything. Like, And then I, my goal was to uh, not let her leave the room until she agreed to talk to someone else. Okay. Oh. Right? But I, I ended up having to give up. She just She was too tough for me. <laughs> Um, but she agreed to talk to me, and, and, and I even tricked her into thinking that she was asking me to talk to her again, maybe. It's been great having yeah. these mentors who I learn a lot but from. But not everybody does. But right? not everybody does, and I think if I had been earlier in my career, I probably wouldn't have asked you. Yeah. So how would young women, and we, we need more of them in leadership positions, like how can they find mentors to learn from, and how could they ask? I, like I wish I, I had them earlier in my career. So, so I think there's a couple of things there, like... It's interesting that you said earlier in your career you wouldn't have asked. I think that our relationship in part has worked very well because we're not that distant in our career, mm. po points of our career, right? Um, I can provide some really interesting, valuable point of view, I'm sure, to somebody coming straight out of school and starting their career, but I am frankly disconnected probably with their experience at this point in time. And so they should probably talk to someone who's a, a little closer to them and look for the, the mentor there mm. who's X number of years yeah. into their career. But same um, culture, same, same, yeah. I mean, popular culture, that type of thing, same shared background. Yeah, yeah but is, and is somebody who's like, who five years ago was in their position, okay. right? Okay. Um, who can still remember it and is still, up, you know, up to date with it. Whereas, um, and, and I, so I think that's part of, partly why our relationship has worked so well. That's a good point. Um, and don't don't like over jump. Like I'm I'm, I'm delighted to yeah. give somebody advice, but yeah. I don't know if it's actually relevant anymore. Yeah. You're saying yeah. if you're coming in, um, you might not want to have a CEO as your mentor. Yeah, I think that's true. Like like yeah, you may want to be a CEO. You may turn yeah. out to be yeah. a CEO, but it's probably yeah. going to take you a few years. Yeah. But you need. We've had the conversation with a few people. We've talked about coaches, mentors, sponsors, mm -hmm. people who will put themselves on the line to help somebody, mm -hmm. and role models. How do you see all of those 
Well, I, I, I agree um, with the comments that were just mentioned too, like not going too many deviations from where you are because there's what comes with courage. Um, building confidence is about doing something and having it go okay or surviving when it doesn't go okay and you just build up over time. So the more that you can feel comfortable um, with the type of conversation you're going to have, you may be taking a stretch, but it's a reasonable stretch. Um, so I think uh, overall women should be bolder about asking. Uh, not be afraid, not think that the, the other person's going to be flattered more than anything. Their first instinct's going to be flattered. And if they think they can't actually provide any guidance, hopefully they'll just say that and introduce you to someone that they think could be. Myself, I get asked, now that I'm co-chair of Invest Ottawa, um, I get asked by a lot of people to do, you know, they're looking for mentors or they're looking to speak to someone or they're looking for a job or they're all these different looking things. And I used to struggle with that a little bit because I really protect the relationships that I have. I didn't want to waste anybody's time. And so I would want it. I wouldn't want to introduce a stranger to somebody because maybe that's not somebody that's mm. going to be good use of their time. I've opened my mindset to that. So I'm in, on my own journey with all of this. And I realize now introductions are introductions. Um, I'm not asking somebody to have a coffee with someone. But if I think there's a contact there uh, that could have a synergy, um, then I'm doing my best to try to do introductions as best I can. And I think people are generally like that. I'm convinced that we have inherent issues with the criteria we're using to choosing people. And it's going to be very difficult to let those people change those criteria on their own because it would mean that the criteria that were used to choose them were maybe not the best criteria. So that, that I find, adds to the challenge. So we need at some point some way to say, this is no longer just your choice, right? You've got to do That's something. That's it. It would, t it would be a relief, ultimately. Yeah. I think, like here in Canada, 98% of businesses are small businesses. And so here in, in Canada, we have a concentration of tech companies that have boards. Mm. So a lot of small companies don't have boards. Yeah. Tech companies often do. But they're thrown together at the beginning by the funders. That's what pulls together. So it's the founder and the funder. Well, the founder's man and the funder's man. So now we have a few men around the table at the board, and it's not necessarily so well thought. So I ended up, as a result of that study, I went around talking to board members that I know because I, I sit on some boards. I'm also a CFO of companies that, are, that have boards. So I talked to some trusted um, board friends to say, you know, what's your view on this? And really they had an overwhelming shame about the makeup mm -hmm. of their board in the mm -hmm. first place. Like it wasn't strategically thought out. No, they haven't refreshed it. But they have bigger fish to fry. Like these small businesses, especially in the tech space, they're living oxygen tank to oxygen tank, which is, yeah. you know, funding round to funding round. So they're not necessarily pulling back, looking at uh, their board makeup. But I would still argue it would be the biggest dramatic impact to their business, especially if we take. Oh, so if I go a bit further, sorry. Um, when we go to the big boards, those are those individuals or those uh, organizations are being very thoughtful about their board makeup, but they're looking for experience. Mm. Well, those small businesses are great experience accumulators. And so I think there's such a dramatic opportunity for those small businesses to move the needle in, in providing that experience to women so that when it's big board opportunity, there is a, a pipeline of uh, experienced women and all like today we have women in HR and marketing mm -hmm. and, and some fields that are not uh, engineering based um, that could instantly add value at a board level. One thing that seems to be lacking right now 
is like women funders. Yes. What, what do you see out there? Do you see a change? Do you see them? Is Do you interact with people who may have funds, investors, things like that? What's the yeah. experience been like? Um, I don't know if there are more, uh, how many more funders there are, but I know for sure how daunting it would be if you had to pitch anything to a panel of men. You know, so for that reason alone, I would like to see more funders who are women, so at least a balance, so that if I had to go and pitch an idea, you know, it's not as... But what about the hirings? Have we improved yeah. in the way we hire down to the interview process with them, with, with people? I used to be, when I was a, a, a long time ago, I used to be very focused on, like, the technical ability, stand at the whiteboard, can you can you program? Yeah. Um, and, and a uh, lot of people still do that. A lot of people still do that. And uh, we recently um, introduced a coding test into our engineering thing. But I was very concerned about that. I was I was the person who was like, ah, slow down. I don't want to be like screening people out who were challenged by this. We really want to get to know them. So we actually put it at the end of our process rather than as, as a screen at Great the idea. first. Yeah. Right? We still wanted to get that feedback. And honestly, like... I wanted to give people the opportunity to sit at their own computer in their own house with their own amount of time in their own comfortable environment without three people standing there watching every you know typo they make on the uh, on the computer or on the whiteboard. Um, the opportunity to, to show their best work and, and without screening them out. So we spent a lot of time pulling in and just trying to connect with people. Um, I think the thing that we've seen is is that you can be incredibly great technically. But if you don't have that connection and or the ability to connect with people around you, not necessarily every person in the office, uh, but the ability to, to talk and connect and um, get your idea across and influence people, uh, you're, you're not going to be a great engineer. Uh, so that's like the technical thing is really just like a baseline. And, mm -hmm. and frankly, we're all learning stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to improve so much more when you get into... A company and are actually you know programming or doing designing things technically uh, professionally uh, other people will be you know helping make you better and so if you don't have that ability to get help like you were talking about earlier to should just go out and find some people to, to talk to um, whether they you know the people who are sitting right next to you in their desks uh, you're probably not going to succeed and even whatever skills are no not skills whatever knowledge you have when you enter an organization yeah. has a very very short lifespan yeah. is because it's evolving so quickly. I think you're quite right that you need to be able to learn with the people around you. I just, have have yeah. you also changed the way you write job descriptions? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. totally. 100%. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and the read part, resumes. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, like yeah. the key part you said about like women wanting to take every box, right? Like yes. I, I sit down and I read all of our job descriptions yeah. and then the, we have two sections, you know, the part you must have. And when yeah. I'm reading that section, I'm saying, would I hire someone who didn't have this yeah. but had everything else? Yeah. If not, if the answer is yes, then it, it, it you move actually it. move it down to yeah. the things to nice to have. Yeah. And in some cases, take them right off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you just have Definitely. to put in a bit more time, do some rapid fire type stuff. That you're going to see more people perhaps, but you're, you're going to be more, that's inclusivity. Yeah. Um, a big one for myself was uh, in my company was I had this bias towards people that had been with organizations for a certain amount of time. Mm. I thought if they were short stints, then that was uh, an indication of being fired or not being yeah. committed. Been there, done that and, too. Yeah. And, and I learned that's not at all. Like there's yeah. a million reasons why that may have been, and especially for new Canadians. Yeah. 
Um, it could be through agencies where that's where they are, temp placements, and they and everybody loved them everywhere they went, but they were just covering pieces of maternity leave. All those, I parked that. So that was one that I had um, in my own med was creating a bias towards uh, especially new Canadians. But, but I'd also say to the people out there looking for work or applying to companies, uh, like trust your gut. Like if you're seeing things in the, in the interview, in the, in the job descriptions, in the interview yes. process, uh, if you're not feeling comfortable with how that goes, go find another company, mm. yeah. right? Like yeah. don't, don't say that, wow, I got to get this job. Maybe it is your dream yeah. job, but you know what? There's probably more than one dream job for yeah. out there for you. There is. Uh, so don't be afraid. Like it is in technology, at least it is very much a, uh, candidates market uh, certainly at the moment so don't be afraid to go find something better absolutely and definitely removing the checklist we did that at magnet too if you don't need a long checklist remove mm-hmm. all the ones that are not necessary because i know from my personal experience i waited until i felt like i was 100 percent ready and not just apply to jobs really for anything mm-hmm. it took me a long time um, to try things that i i didn't quite feel ready for and get comfortable with failing you know, like even the Shopify one, you had the title called like head of engineering. And I looked at it and I was like, God, that sounds crazy. I, I could never do this, but I applied anyway. I, I actually made that title yeah. on purpose because it was purposefully vague. Yeah. I didn't want to say VP or director or yeah. lead. Of it was it yeah. was just head Yeah. And to try and get yeah. just a variety of people with different experiences. So. Ah, what thoughtful. made you apply? Did anyone say Tusha apply or did you convince yourself? I wouldn't have done it earlier in my career for sure. I was at a point where I was just trying things. And I think I had recently read an article where women don't apply to all the jobs that they want. So you purposefully went against that. I purposefully went and and applied because I I was curious about Shopify and I wanted to apply. And it it was vague enough and interesting enough, but I did not feel qualified at all, but I did it anyway. Can I tell him about the thing that you wrote? Oh, no, it's terrible. It's not terrible. No, no, you have to tell us now. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. So Tusha's application there included in there was uh, I care really a lot something along the lines of I care really a lot about the culture of companies and I would love to be able to come in and just shadow you for a day to see if we fit culturally and compatibly and I was like whoa that is really that cool is um, and, and you know if I'd be if I'd been able to convince her that she might want to work with me then I would have absolutely said yes in, in a heartbeat. But you know that was your mistake. You you yeah. wanted her to meet somebody else. You should have said, yeah. "Come and try." I mean, maybe. maybe you're right. Maybe. You're right. You're right. Let's but, hang out for a day, which yeah. it's never too late for that. You know, to I highly recommend that. But now you've told everyone my secret, and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but other women need to hear that. They, they need do. to know need to, to do that, that. and we have to it's, share. It's, it. And another company I let me come in and shadow for wow. a day. Yes, it was Very great. Cool. What what's the 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 job market like? when you're trying to hire is it really tough to get the best people you see out there and if you do want some balance is it challenging because everybody's trying to hire a, a, a smaller number of people what's it like right now but use that power mm-hmm. right like yeah. like it's not always going to be yeah. this like no right? yeah. five ten no, years no. from now it'll yeah. be the other way and we'll exactly. all be begging for jobs yeah. um and we'll we'll take whatever horrible workplace we, we can you know will take us but but for now, like use use that and um, really leverage that to get what you want and mm-hmm. ask what you want, just like Tusha's been saying. And I think even before that, you have to want what you want. You have to actually take a moment and think about what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think women are new to as well. Um, it's 
to be bold, to set lofty goals is somehow been something that's just uncomfortable. Not a lot of, of experience as a gender, I think, with this. Um, and so people need to like go bold. Now is a great time for it. The, the, it is a, a rapid fire escalation opportunity for mm -hmm. you. And in areas where you see that change needs to, to be, be the change. Mm. There's likely nobody actually in your way. A lot of these barriers we put are, are self-imposed or yeah. worries that we have. Um, so I definitely encourage women to go for it. I think men, uh, I believe men actually just want to help women um, get into those places for a variety of reasons. One, because they have their own goals of what they want their teams to look like and, and be more powerful. So I don't, I don't think there's things working against it other than systemic barriers that we have to continue to work on and chip away at. And like I've, I definitely grew up not being comfortable asking for what I want. And I recently saw a chart on Forbes or somewhere that was really interesting and made sense to me. It was about how the confidence of of women compared to confidence of men. And when you get to about your 40s is when they align. Yeah. I, I would like, agree with that. I would agree <laughs> with that too. And I was like, that makes sense because I yeah. finally feel as confident as yes. a man maybe. And it, it yeah. is, it's a great feeling. I certainly wish I had that when I was 25 and the chart, they, they did a study and it was great to see. So what I would say to the young women is I want to show everyone that chart uh -huh. to see that, you know, you might feel not as confident, but you know, you should definitely like use your voice and ask for what you want. Absolutely. Because I would love that chart to be a little, you know, sooner. Yeah. I, so one thing I'll say is like, we're all talking about focusing on women as we're talking mm -hmm. about this, but I think all of this advice applies to any other yep. of a dozens and dozens of, of diverse definitely. groups. Yeah. Yep. Um, I always like, yep. I always talk about women because it's one that's really easy to identify. Yeah. I yep. usually have a pretty good sense of yep. wh whether someone's a woman or not, or identifying as a woman and or not. And it's one that we know we're not doing well. At. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you know, yeah. we know. Yeah. Whereas you're you know, right. When, they're, they're, yeah. When you get to like people of color, you, yeah. sometimes it's, you know, there's a, a variety of shades. Yeah. And, and um, gender balance is yeah. a lot more complicated than that. It's just a, it's, it's an indicator that we can see that we're not. We're and not it's a there. large percentage, no matter where you are. Yeah, in the yeah. World. right. It's yeah. half the population. Yeah. Right. So, so simple, simple yeah. math. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when I tell yeah. people why I pick on gender equity. I'm like, it's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't mm -hmm. mean I don't care about all the rest of it. But I have read that once you start um, creating an environment where it's inclusive to yes. women, you kind of automatically get the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. your yeah. goal like is to break down the traditional way of, yes. of looking yeah. at things. Yeah, that, is, that and that's been exactly the experience that I've seen over the past few years. Of, you know, in, in in as I start thinking more and more about hiring women, I end up hiring Nigerians, yeah. Brazilians, yeah. Uh, Italians, like yeah. all sorts of yeah. uh, broken down the barriers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. once you're not, re I think if before people were thoughtful, they just hired what was comfortable, which yeah. is why it was more like themselves. Yeah. You go to the same university, whoever yeah. talks like me, watches the same shows as me, looks kind of like me, reminds me of me when I was younger. Those are the people that you gravitated to. Once you consciously decide that you have a thoughtful uh, profile that you're looking for or profiles that you're looking to fill out, then it just blows it all out of the, the water. First, there are some women who like to climb the ladder and pull it up behind them. Uh, okay. Um, also, if you look around, I think it's only a certain profile of woman who's really gotten through it. So it, like, as diverse as women are, the sampling of leaders at the top is not as diverse. No, and it's a snapshot to yeah. those who have managed to do it, right, that, today. That's, yeah. that's right. And yeah. sometimes it was through brute force. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily something we want to even aspire to be. 
The other thing is there's a perspective there, and this is one I'm having a lot of conversations around this area right now um, because I have a nice friend who really challenges me. Um, she likes to talk about all the problems, and I like to see through the solutions. Yeah. I think of a hockey – I have three hockey players, and I think of uh, one of their coaches told one of my guys that, like, he can see the net. So he doesn't see the goalie. Mm. He sees the net, mm. and that's why he can score – the goals because yeah. most people shoot at the goal kids anyway yeah. shoot the goalie and so i see through a lot of the obstacles i do have the stories but i don't feel there's value in highlighting them i feel like they actually attract more of the problem yeah. and instead um, i'm trying to unlay like unpack the things that i did to get around them without actually talking too much about the negative situation yeah. because if you get a, especially a group of women together and they start sharing those stories, they're on top of each other. Trump, like there's a lot of hideous stories. So I think there are definitely groups of women that will talk about that. And, that, and that's why when we even brought men and women together, mm -hmm. I was nervous too. She knew I was nervous because I find sometimes it turns into this shaming thing. We for didn't men want and it to it, be that, but better together. Yeah. Sure. Because women can get kind of ruthless talking about their history. I want to thank you all for tuning in on this episode of the Make the Future podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned as much as I did. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. And we'd also like to really thank our guests and the podcast production team. Carl Bournes, Valérie Sanson, Karen Massey, and Francis Bertrand Lafrenière. And I really hope you can join us next time.